Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free, keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. With hockey kind of suspended, I thought tonight's episode would be sort of fun to talk about some of the really weird offshoot sports that occur on ice or during the winter session, uh, sometimes during the Winter Olympics and whatnot. And these sports are those that some may actually be familiar with, but perhaps others have not heard of because, for the most part, they're a little more on the obscure side. Some of them are actually closer cousins to hockey than you may think, and I think the most famous one that people still don't really watch is called Bandy. Now, if you've never seen Bandy, the closest way I could describe it is something of a variation of field hockey, football, European football, that is, and ice hockey. And basically, there are a couple of different regulation size rinks and whatnot, including one that's more like a hockey rink. But 11 players play a, a, what amounts to um, field hockey on ice, which sounds pretty normal. But then when you see it, there's you know shorter sticks. The, the puck is obviously a ball. And the action tends to be very chaotic. Um, you have a very big field of play on, on the typical non-hockey rink bandy size uh, regulation playing field. And sometimes it just looks like a massive, I, I guess you could call it like an ice pitch. Bandy has been around for a long time, since the early 19th century, but a lot of people dispute who exactly was the first to invent it. And some suggest that perhaps the Brits were the first to officially play it. Others say that it's actually Russia's claim to fame and that Russia was the one who invented it. Supposedly, according to Wikipedia, it's called Russian hockey by those who play it and by some of the Russian players themselves. Now, as far as being like an Olympic sport, for instance, it's it's the second most participated winter sport in the world, but the problem is, is no one really watches it. So as far as the IOC is concerned, they tend to think that it's not the kind of marketable, sexy thing to put on for the Olympics. In my opinion, that's kind of a shame because it seems like from what I've seen of Bandy, it looks very exciting. It's kind of capable of being really crazy because uh, unlike hockey nets and stuff, they actually use like almost like a, a soccer net. So, obviously, goals are frequent, uh, scores are often high, sometimes you can get double digits pretty quickly, and then there's just a ton happening on the ice at any one time, with 11 skaters per side. I know that in Europe it's huge, but as far as the number of people actually watching it, again, it's not super popular. It is very fun to watch, and I enjoy it, but I think it's the kind of thing where it's a little too niche despite such a high level of participation. Now, interestingly, ice hockey is actually uh, essentially a a descendant of, of the original bandy game. And bandy, of course, was first exported from Europe over to Canada, but the Canadians adapted it into something new and changed the rules and size of the rinks and whatnot to become what we now know as ice hockey. That said, I would say that both ended up kind of developing on different trajectories because modern bandy was only really developed in Europe, while ice hockey was later exported from Canada back overseas. So in some ways, it's kind of interesting to see how Canada took the original concept of bandy and turned it into something entirely new. I think that modern bandy is is different enough to differentiate itself, especially culturally speaking, because it's very relevant to the Russians and to a couple of former Soviet countries. It's also bigger. I think there's like an Indian national team that used to be pretty good at it. I'm, I can't really remember for sure, but... I, I know that because 
football is so popular, this natural transition to, to fusing that with ice hockey in a way wasn't as crazy as people might expect. Now, bandy is not the weirdest hybrid of football and ice hockey that you might imagine because Germany has actually invented soccer on ice. And it's it's uh, Fußball, roughly speaking. Um, hope I get that German pronunciation right. But ice football is super funny. Basically, guys in, in what amounts to hockey gear run around on, on a, a hockey rink and kick a ball like you would expect in real football. Now, if you've never actually seen it, it's the kind of thing that those Red Bull Extreme Sports people would probably put together and host. It's really funny because the guys have to essentially like shuffle down the ice, maintain their balance the whole time, which requires a lot of really good coordination and lower body strength, and then actually go through the motion of kicking the ball. It is seriously one of the most absurd things that I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of absurd sports, but I feel like this particular fusion of concepts is especially weird because ice football presents a lot of natural dangers to staying really on your feet and even scoring. I I don't know how common it is to score, but it is very difficult to play, I would imagine. You know, you take all of the difficulty of of skating with, say, a, you know, pair of skates, a hockey stick, and a puck, and then imagine now that you take away all of that and instead you have to shuffle on, on like, these specialized shoes down the ice to kick a ball and hope that you don't fall over during the whole process. Meanwhile, the ice, of course, is still very slippery, and every time you distribute your weight by shifting on your foot, your left or your right foot, depending on which one you're using to kick, you're, you're you know, prone to falling and busting your tailbone. Funny enough, Ice Fußball was a uh, relatively recent creation. I think it started around the 2009 or 2010 season when it first began as essentially like some German TV reality star's joke game on one of his shows. Of course, the idea of football on ice was popular enough that he ended up converting it into a full professional league, and ice football uh, ended up becoming the uh, the byproduct of this vision. Now, ice football is sort of funny because it's, again, very silly. I think a lot of the guys who play it tend to be on the older side. And, you know, obviously it is a professional sport, but I think everyone who plays it tends to be on the self-aware side. All that said, the teams that you see often have actual organizations backing like a regular, real, you know, on-pitch football team. Borussia Dortmund, Borussia Mönchengladbach, San Pauli, Hamburg. I mean, all of these teams are full-on organizations that are, in some way, shape, or form, powerhouses in their respective Bundesliga divisions. It's kind of funny that out of all of the things to think of, combining ice hockey and football was one of the natural results. But here we are, and uh, I'm so glad it exists, because if you've never seen it, go check it out on YouTube. It's great fun. Red Bull is often associated with a lot of random different sports, but, you know, obviously they like to have their fingers in many pots, and one of them actually is hockey. Now, they do have a couple of uh, hockey kind of situations where they'll either sponsor individual athletes or have their logos on stuff. They're much bigger overseas in Europe than they are in the U.S. because Red Bull doesn't really have a major sports, pro sports influence like it does in Europe. When you go to Europe, Red Bull is on everything. They have a couple of ice hockey teams, from what I recall. They've got multiple football teams across many different regions. Obviously, their cash cow is, of course, going to be Red Bull Racing for F1, but they have a lot of different random sports. And one of the weirder ones that they actually participate in is something they themselves host, which is, uh, it used to be called Red Bull Crashed Ice. Now it is Ice Cross. And if you've never seen Ice Cross, it's basically a mad dash across this very 
winding, uh, frequently elevated ice course where four or so skaters basically sprint to the end line. It is an incredibly difficult competition in part because the track often leads to absolute chaos. You have guys tumbling over. And then if you fall and you can't really recover as you're trying to go up an incline, you're basically done. You have to maintain your momentum as you're coming around turns and stuff. And then also navigate different little jumps and things within the course and make sure that you land on your feet. If ice fußball was a natural transition point for falling on your butt, then, you know, ice cross would be the next closest thing. These guys have to do full-on sprints through incredibly tight quarters and very tricky turns and, and hills and stuff, all while navigating very cold temperatures and the competition around them. It is a crazy, crazy sport, and there's a reason Crashed used to be in the name. It often competes in Minnesota, Finland, it recently expanded to Japan, and a couple of other places, but the Finland tracks are always really cool because those are actually built into the hillside. They're like natural ice tracks, which most of the other places just don't have. It's actually been in um, Fenway Park. I think it was last year they set up an entire arena for that whole thing, which is pretty cool because, you know, Fenway Park has been host to many concerts, obviously the Red Sox, and some probably some other sporting events, but I think it was the first time that it ever hosted like a crashed ice slash ice cross competition. This next one is definitely very much close at heart to most Canadians, and it's a sport that I don't fully get, just because I don't think I really grew up with it, and it's not the kind of thing that I get excited about watching, but of course curling is always one of the world's most popular sports if you're Canadian. As far as actual viewership goes, I think curling does actually bring a surprising amount of viewers, especially in the North American territories. I'm not sure about overseas how big it is. I think some of the Scandinavian and Nordic countries tend to be very big into curling, but I don't know beyond that. Interestingly, though, you know, as much as Canada is is currently known for being one of the most dominant curling countries in the world, if not the most dominant curling country, it actually traces its roots much earlier to Scotland. And some records indicate that as early as the 16th century, curling was, you know, at least a, a popular peasant's pastime along frozen ponds and stuff in Scotland. Some records indicate that it dates as early as 1511, which would be pretty crazy. Curling didn't really come to at least the modern understanding until much later, but even then it was clear that some form of curling maybe even a primitive form of ice hockey did exist in that area. Curling's rise to prominence among winter sports can mostly be attributed to the fact that Scots basically exported it everywhere they went, so it's in Asia, it's across many different countries in Europe, it's certainly taken hold in Canada, and recently the U.S. Honestly, curling wasn't a big deal here in this country until, I think, probably the most recent Winter Olympics. Now, obviously there are plenty of curling rinks that Americans do frequent, but I feel like as far as prominence is concerned, this is kind of the thing where the U.S. really wasn't on the road map as much until it won gold in the men's team. This has traditionally been a sport where Canada has always dominated, so obviously a little bit surprising that the U.S. was able to pull off a surprise victory. But hey, it's, uh, it's definitely a thing that's actually relatively accessible to many folks, and I think that that might be why a lot of people play it. You don't need as much equipment as something like hockey, so that's certainly a bonus. It's definitely one for the patient viewers, and I feel like it's kind of interesting in the sense that, you know, a lot of folks think that football and soccer are maybe too slow or something, but in fact, I think that it, it actually moves at a pretty quick pace. When I watch curling, it's so much more tactical alignments and strategy, slow-paced movements, and very careful fine-tuning of your track with the, uh, with the stone and the broom. 
on the non-winter side of things, I feel like field hockey and and you know lacrosse and a couple of other sports have very interesting origins in the sense that it seems like hockey has infiltrated so many different other parts of modern sports culture, perhaps in ways that people didn't expect. Lacrosse actually predates most sports, especially hockey, by many many centuries, as it was originally a first and first nations and native american sport that uh, appears to have originated sometime at least in in european consciousness around the 16th or 17th century but it might have been much earlier than that it's hard to tell exactly how long it's existed interestingly the original form which appears in aboriginal canadian lore actually had somewhere between a hundred and a thousand players at any one time on a massive massive field and essentially lacrosse was something of like a ritualistic warfare celebration and i mean it obviously they've they've scaled it down significantly as far as the european and canadian american or other north american adaptations of that are concerned but the original version was very different than what most people now know as lacrosse it appears to have been considered part of an honorary ritualistic practice for what some would say was the creator kind of curious to know that it's basically become something of like a a stylized version of hockey nowadays compared to what it used to be which was something with far more cultural significance and at least a a very different approach to sporting events it was definitely less about the sports and more about the celebration and the role of, of warriors and ultimately the deities within each of the tribes i find that history particularly interesting because you don't see many sports that have such an important cultural role it's kind of a shame in some ways that that doesn't really exist anymore, but, you know, obviously the version of lacrosse that exists today, you know, people aren't, aren't being killed or anything. So probably a, a minor bonus, but I just, I have a hard time fathoming how you got a hundred to a thousand people on a field to play. I mean, that's, that's something of like a simulated conflict, which I think is in a lot of ways what it was supposed to be about. It's very clear that the original form of lacrosse, whatever it might've been called back then has a totally different purpose than the modern game. It was really not a sport. It was almost like a veneration and a celebration, as well as a ritual. Now, sports that are curious don't just happen on the ice or in North America. I would say that Europe actually has a number of curious inventions, and one of them is handball, which I think is actually popular in in South America as well. I'm not sure about Central America, but I'm pretty sure South America has quite a few handball teams. It's especially big in like Nordic and Scandinavian countries as well. I believe a number of the Central and Western European countries have major powerhouse teams in the sport, and it's kind of, it's like a hybrid of of European football and something else. Handball is more or less what you think it is. If you played dodgeball in high school, it's very similar to what most people are familiar with now, except instead of trying to knock people out, your goal is to try and score goals like you would in soccer. It's a ton of fun. I actually enjoy watching some of the championship matches on YouTube just because the atmosphere is very different. It's more like a European football match than it is what you would expect in a gym class. In a similar vein, uh, Europe and and Central America, and especially Brazil, have also developed an indoor soccer equivalent that is called futsal. And if you've never seen futsal, it's like soccer, but basically played on a very small indoor court that's probably closer to the size of like a basketball court. And I feel like just from the bits that I've seen, futsal heavily prioritizes technical footwork and skill in very tight spaces because you're constantly being matched against defenders in very small areas and gaps. So anytime that you create a scoring chance, you really need to maximize it because while the field is technically compressed, 
the space available to you is noticeably smaller. So there are some guys like um, Falcao, who used to play for Brazil and was a, a living legend at the time. He could do you know shots and, and skill moves and dribbles and passes that people just don't really have the vision and spatial awareness to pull off. In in modern football, when you're on a massive pitch, you have a lot more space to look downfield and lob the ball over a great distance and pull off a really great play. Here, you didn't really have that, and it's noticeably harder in a tight space to do that. So it tends to favor folks who kind of grew up with like street soccer and freestyle soccer that's a little more urban, a little bit about tight spaces and technical skills, along with really elaborate dribbles. There are some really neat videos of the Brazilian football legend Ronaldinho doing the same thing in, in futsal, but, you know, futsal balls are smaller. The court is, of course, not grass. It's just a totally different feel and experience, probably akin to a combination of, like, handball and volleyball in some respects. Of course, you know, melded with all of the rules of soccer and whatnot. Very cool sport to watch, a lot of fun, and the fan bases are all very passionate. If you have a chance to check out some of the world finals, hit up YouTube and look it up because it's pretty flippin' cool. Futsal itself actually hasn't been around that long. I mean, the central core principle of, of futsal is essentially modified football, and plenty of people have probably played something like it before, but futsal itself was an early 20th century invention that was meant to, in my opinion, probably be more accessible to kids and families and stuff, and it's the kind of game where you don't need as many people, you shorten the game time so that it's a little easier for folks to play, and you also change the rules such that you can basically play it anywhere on a smaller court or field that doesn't need a full regulation size grass or astroturf pitch. So in a lot of ways, it makes it easier because if you have a, a basketball court nearby, you can set up a couple of nets and boom, you've got a futsal court. It has the same number of players. It did take apparently a couple of rules for goalkeeping from, it says, water polo, which is a little bit interesting. I wouldn't imagine that. But by porting it down into a smaller, more digestible format, futsal has actually been made to be more accessible to a lot of people, which in turn means that a lot more folks are playing it, and also can actually increase the skill level. Because you have so many folks who can just drop in and play it whenever they feel like it, or even train in it, that means that you can get more talent to come into the sport. And honestly, some of the stuff that I've seen from futsal videos is just absolutely unreal. Guys who were trained and, and really grew up on the art of street soccer, guys like Jaden Sancho, would probably have killed it in this sport because, frankly, they have some of the best footwork and dribbling I've ever seen. And if you think about the kind of role, you know, roles that they play on their current teams in world football, and then think about how that might transition to something like futsal on a much smaller court with more tight, intimate play, a guy like Jaden Sancho is almost handcrafted for that sort of game. Hockey doesn't really have an equivalent other than field hockey, which is sort of like a combination of football and ice hockey, but again on a grass pitch. I'm not sure if there is something that's really equivalent other than like a smaller version of bandy, or maybe indoor hockey. Indoor and roller hockey are probably the closest, I guess, analogs you might say. Roller hockey is very similar to regular ice hockey. It's just you've got, you know, roller blades instead of ice skates. Beyond that, I guess you could say street hockey is probably the other closest analog in the sense that it's a lot more accessible and you don't need as much expensive gear, and you can pretty much play it anywhere. But, you know, street hockey for the most part doesn't have quite the level of professional organization and sophistication as something like futsal, whereas like futsal is really a, a very popular sport in, in South America and has a ton of organized leagues and international competitions. It's a big deal. 
And you don't need to look any further than the 2012 Spain versus Brazil Futsal World Cup final to understand just how passionate those fan bases are and how intense and crazy those matches can get. I hope that this episode was a little bit of fun. I thought it'd be cool to explore some of the other sports around the world that maybe don't get as much attention or even just revisiting the history of some well-known sports that maybe you thought you knew but maybe didn't know as well as you'd hoped. Hope it was educational. Hope it was fun. If you guys have any more obscure sports, feel free to hit me up. I'm sure somebody out there wants to talk about Tepak Sekral, which is always really fun. Will Scouch, that's for you. Have a great evening, dear listeners. Be sure to check out our Lockdown NHL podcast right after this. Enjoy your evening, and go Jets go.